action sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. Love it. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. Please email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org. That's I-G-N-I-T-I-O-N at S as in Sue, F as in Falls, catholic.org. You can also tweet at us. The Twitter handle is S is an F, S is an F, <laughs> S is in Sue, F is in Falls, Diocese, D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and use the hashtag Ignition. Who am I, Dr. Bergwald? Not a radio professional. Oh! Neither of us. This is more good, uh, good, good uh, production. Good humility. For coming to uh, you from Father Dickinson and myself, Chris Bergwald. Thus, our engineer is always very clear to say he's not a producer. <laughs> he has no responsibility for the content of this of Ignition whatsoever. Uh, Father Dickinson, you are a priest of our diocese in your 11th year, uh, a native son of the diocese from the Queen City of South Dakota. No, no, Dang no, it. no. The Queen City is Sioux Falls. Oh, that's right. Wow, he's just trying to take over everything in Sioux Falls. What is uh, <laughs> what 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 do you what do you call your the mother city? The mother Dakotas. city, Yankton, South Dakota, the mother city of South Dakota. Um, you are, uh, of course, a son to your parents. <laughs> Very good. Yes. Um, <laughs> Excellent are work. You, are you an old? Are you young? I can't remember. Are you a younger brother or an older brother? Ah, uh, good question. Well, well, okay, but what's the answer? That's a good question. I'm going to go with you're the younger brother. Because your older brother left you in the strawberry orchard or something like that once when you were a child. Way to rip open the wound. Sorry. Way to rip open the wound. Uh, you, What you do is you are the priest director of the Pius XII Newman Center at South Dakota State in Brookings, South Dakota. And you are the pastor of St. Paul's in White, a mission with a mission. And you are Dr. Chris Bergwald. You are the director of adult discipleship and evangelization uh, here at the Catholic Diocese. He falls in your 15th year of that position, although under various titles during that time, but the same, pretty much the same work. Uh, And who you are is that you're uh, married to Jermaine for 17 years? Mm -hmm. Plus, yep. And uh, you have five children. Yes, we do. Jermaine. Excellent. Yep. yep. So, Father, you and I have been at this uh, for quite some time. Um, the first episode of Ignition that you and I did was in August of 2010. Mm. Um, almost, well, six and a half years ago. That was the... <laughs> This this is um what what is this episode three oh three three oh three of ignition um our first episode together was seventeen so huh. I had done sixteen episodes of ignition um or or what it's been uh, previously titled as um prior to you the first one are we allowed to say it's prior name I I don't well there's a reason we changed it so I'm gonna be safe rather than sorry we can't say prairie Rome companion I don't think we should say prairie Rome companion okay so we won't say. Prairie that Rome. we used to call this the Prairie Rome Companion. No, we're not going to say that. Okay. Okay. Good. Got it. Um, episode 17, though, was our first episode together, and it was not the introduction episode. That was episode 18, which was the intro. The episode 17, do you remember what we talked about? 
Uh, Inception? The movie, yes. Uh, Christopher Nolan's movie, Inception. Mm-hmm. Um, so the connection to today, six and a half years later, episode 303, we are going to do another, occasionally Father and I will discuss a movie. Um, and that's what we're going to do today. Movies. So uh, you might think, oh, maybe it's it's the day after Ash Wednesday. Maybe they're going to be if you're if you're this is when it's airing on the radio at least. Maybe they're going to talk about Lent. Nope, we're going to talk about a movie because the Oscars just happened, buddy. And that's more important than Ash Wednesday. Yeah, no doubt. Really, <laughs> we we are going to talk about. We have no idea. Of course, we're we're we, um, recording this episode of Ignition prior to. Uh, the Oscars, so we don't know whether or not this movie actually won the awards it was nominated for. Actually, I have the envelopes. <laughs> I'm kidding, I don't have the envelopes. Um, we're talking about Arrival. Arrival. So, uh, I, I thought, Father, you had some great, like, the thing I, what I love when we discuss movies is we, we're not, we're not uh, cinematographic experts by any means. I don't know. I didn't have any, have any cinematography classes in mm-hmm. college. Did you? I had a film and history class. You did? Okay. At SDSU, I've been the priest director there. I took a class. Nice. And so, but that okay. was mostly just to get out on campus and take a class. Very good. Yeah. So I, I don't pretend any expertise in this at all, but what we, what I love about how you and I approach movies is we, we try to look a little bit deeper, not doing a movie review. Certainly there are people who are far more equipped to do that than right. us. Um, but what we, I think are equipped to do is look a little bit deeper under the surface and see some of the more fundamental philosophical, even theological themes that are in every movie, every movie, has some uh, philosophical and theological themes. Uh, and, and so we'll take a movie that's uh, maybe a bit more substantial and tease some of those things out. So we've done Inception before. We did Noah. <laughs> Noah. <laughs> we, you that movie. Look back in the archives. Father and I disagreed about in our evaluation of... of uh, yes, we did. Noah. <laughs> that was uh, episode 171, if you want to look it up in the archives. Um, did we do a Superman movie? I didn't like Superman. Yeah, we did Man of Steel, episode 138. Yep. On uh, Man of Steel. That was some thumbs down there for me, probably. But we talked about General Zod and the common good. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I remember my lasting impression is I didn't like that movie. Yeah. Uh, Avengers, Age of Ultron. Really? Yeah, maybe that wasn't with you. Um, Oh. Noah, Man of Steel. For Greater Glory. Oh yeah, okay, yep, yep, yep. So we've we've done a few movies in our in our time. Actually, Avengers was not with you. That was with Kevin Miles, one of our guests. Oh, uh, okay. So anyway, so we've done this before. That's where I started to sour on the Marvel, uh, the Marvel Age of yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So we're th- th- today though we're going to talk about um, definitely Arrival. not a comic book movie. No, not at all. Um, and Arrival. Not, and so Arrival is a science fiction movie, but it's not a like monsters and laser yeah. gun science fiction movie and it's not a science fiction movie with like a catchy soundtrack even no you know it's like you know it doesn't have like a empire strikes back theme or a star trek theme or something like that to it and doesn't have like a signature gotcha moment nope. in many ways uh it's really just kind of like fiction that's based off a kind of scientific premise and an exploratory type premise uh that's really at the end of the day about the human person right so to me, it reminds. Well, sorry. Well, I was saying that's just that's that's what that, that's science fiction at its best. Yeah. To me, science fiction at its best is when it uses an abnormal situation to take a different look at something we assume all the time in our humanity. So another recent example, 
in TV as opposed to film. Um, for me, that's why I loved the series Battlestar Galactica, the new series. Uh, Father's Father's starting to grimace. Yeah, totally. Un, uh, totally unpacked questions of the nature of the human person yeah. and human okay. existence. But whether or not uh, some of the other lesser qualities uh, well, yeah. uh, overcame yeah, those I mean, philosophical attempts. Some, some, yeah. Father Andrew would not recommend uh, viewing to all audiences about a saga galactic. And Dr. Bergwald complete, would completely agree okay. with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Arrival, I wouldn't see any reason that anyone of like a, you know, I don't, know if I, I don't actually, it's probably rated PG 13. Probably 13. Yeah, because there is one for sure bad word. Right. And right. there's some intensity in it as yep. well. Yep. But uh, yeah. so, so just real briefly, synopsis or. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, What's going on? What's going on with the movie? Tell so, us. Um, Amy Adams, the actress Amy Adams, who to me does a great job. Again, I'm not an expert in filmography, um, but Amy does a great job. You know, she and we're on first name basis. So, Amy. Amy. Amy did well. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Does anyone really care about calling people like, especially like Miss Adams? Miss Adam. Ms. Ms. Adams. Ms. Adams. <laughs> probably not. Um, that's probably becoming more and more problematic today, by the way, but that's another story. Calling someone Ms. Adams? Well,. Does she identify that way? Yeah, good point. Um, Amy Adams does a great job. She plays a linguist who is. Um, uh, Recruited by the government um, to try to speak with, communicate with some alien beings who have descended in their, in their, I think, 12 ships, 12, 12 vessels, ships, 12 ships around the world that have settled. And, and, and interestingly, and, and some, some, some reviewers have, and, and others have, have made note of this. They, they've descended upon earth, but they literally don't land. They hover right. just a little bit off of the surface of the planet. They're just they're here, above. but not really. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're trying to communicate with them and figure out what their intentions are, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So Amy Adams character being, uh, an expert in languages, uh, has been recruited by, by the the government to try to communicate government. with the these creatures to with figure only out. with the one ship in the U.S. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Montana. 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 I would like to have seen Montana. Yeah. <laughs> Movie reference. Uh, for October. Thank you. Um, Sam Neill's character. Uh, but anyway, um, so that, that's in in the summary, and we're not going to give away because although there's not a gotcha moment, there is an aha moment. I don't know if we want to give away spoilers or not. We have to. I think at this point, that's Academy Award nominated. Uh, you can give away spoilers. Okay. So as it comes up, we'll we'll address it. Okay. So um, I think that's a good enough plot summary synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. Nutshell. So the but hilarity I, ensues. <laughs> the movie practically writes itself after that description. <laughs> um, after that setup. There are, I think, what do you have? Three things in yeah, three, particular. Yeah, three, three kind of interesting points that you can really take away from it. Uh, at least that I was really, uh, especially the second and third part, I was kind of blown away by them. Um, and by the fact that uh, like no one else talked about them. Like none of the Catholic movie reviewers I know. Um, there's uh, the Catholic Guy movie podcast. There's Stephen Gray Donis. And no one really touched Bishop Barron talked Bishop, about it. Did he talk about second and third points? I don't think so. Well, he, th number three, yes. He did talk about number three. A little bit, a little bit. Oh, okay. I'm surprised, uh, in, in given his leanings. In a tangential way to you. Okay. Um, we'll explain when he gets to Okay, talks about okay. Sorry. But number two, I don't. I haven't seen anybody raise the, the second point. Why? Well, I, I, Stephen Gray Donis kind of gives mm -hmm. like a lip service to it, but yeah. Okay. So, and, and we are going to have to give away spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie and you want to... Um, 
pause, pause, if stop you're the, the radio. Yeah. Uh, remember to go back and look at episode three hundred three. Exactly, because we're going to have to watch the movie. We're going to have to explain later. So, yep. the first point, Father. So the first point is just, uh, and everyone kind of talks about this is a movie about encounter and the importance of encounter, and not just presuming what someone else is up to or what someone else thinks, but actually to encounter them and talk with them and have an actual dialogue with them. Okay, so let me tease that out. Encounter as a, again, as opposed to what? Encounter as opposed to presumption. Okay. As opposed to presuming you know what someone else is talking about. Um, yeah, I think that'd be kind of the main thing. Especially that can, in kind of like the post-2016 presidential election environment where there's a lot of hot reactions uh, and a lot of smoke, but not a lot of light. Uh, I think there's like this whole idea of the importance of important, or the importance of encounter. Um, so the, from the movie, trying to figure out what the heck these aliens, because they don't communicate in, in their language is, is very different from the way that our language, it's not, it's not linear. Like we think of a sentence and you get the beginning to the end, mm -hmm. their language is sort of all in one. It's literally circular. Yeah, I mean, I thought something like Latin isn't necessarily a linear language. True, true. So you have to take in the whole sentence, and that's true about a lot of languages. Yeah, like me Chinese is pictographic. Yep, that's yep. Great points. So, uh, but there's mis as, as as humanity is trying to interpret and translate what's being said, there are poor interpretations, poor translations that other other countries are arriving at about what the aliens are. As, so they're not really encountering in the way that Amy Adams' character is trying right, to. Right, like one of the things they point out is the difference, like the Chinese are trying to communicate through the game of Mahjong. Yeah. Uh, and not the tile game you play on your computer, but Mahjong, which is kind of more like a card game where you try to make matches and suits and sets and win. And, um, and then you get to shuffle the tiles, which is really fun because it's really loud. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, if you never played, I had a friend in this, uh, se seminary who's from the Philippines okay. and he taught us to play Mahjong, but, um, yeah, so the difference of like communicating through like trying to do sentences and, and clarity and words and meanings and that, and then, um, like competing through a, communicating through a game, which was winners and losers and things like that and how that colors communication and encounter. Right. Yeah. Right. So really looking at, at, um, and really there's a lot of subtlety here, uh, and, and you can go really deep philosophically into the importance and the meaning of language and how we communicate. Can I, can, you know, the movie has a subtle, a subtle critique of that idea of game theory, of the, uh, of the idea that communication through a game works because right. the whole idea of the tension of winners and losers. Right. Is that a subtle critique of a zero sum vision of, uh, economy and uh, things like the preference of the communist per se manifesto and things like that could be could be that's the uh, to me that's the one of the fascinating things about film um story well stories in general is oftentimes there can be themes that are present that the author or the creator did not intend or i didn't notice in that way. or didn't notice that's so postmodern deconstructionist it's still true no 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 yeah <laughs> uh, it's it's, it's uh, not deconstructionist it's ancient because I know many authors who wrote things and they were not aware of the full extent. Well, no, 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 no. But did, did ancient authors think that way about writing? Oh, I don't know. Well, then you can't say it's an ancient thought. Oh, okay. The reality is ancient, <laughs> even if they didn't conceive of it that way. I can definitely say that. You can. You certainly can. I just did. Yeah. On ignition. Does that mean that the divine author would know that there's, would there be some way the divine author of scriptures may not know of things that he intended? No. Okay. Just don't want to catch you in a heresy there. <laughs> Thank you, heresy hunters. Jeez. 
Uh, this is. This is not an episode of Heresy Hunters. This is. <laughs> that's actually right out of my mouth. You're listening to Heresy Hunters. Uh, what I was to say, that's actually on the next half hour. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. yeah. No, whatever comes after us. God bless them. Don't change the dial. Don't give up on probably uh, better than us. Catholic radio because of. Father Dickinson and I, as we're recording this episode, or you're listening to this episode of Ignition, um, a broadcast for the new evangelization. If you have questions about what we're talking about today, which is the movie Arrival, um, and some of the important themes within it, more subtle themes, but important nonetheless, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet us at sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. So, Father, the first point of three, encounter, the importance of encounter, and truly encountering somebody to understand who they are and what they want. Right. Okay. So the second point, and uh, is the one that I was really surprised no one talked about, and this is the second movie, uh, the second year in a row where my favorite movie of the year has this subtle thing in it that no one really seems to talk about. Last year was the movie Creed. I I, I guessed so. Yeah. Still never seen it, but I guessed so. You need to see Creed. And so uh, Creed, which is a boxing movie, and in it, both Creed and Arrival have a subtle but beautiful pro-life message. Right. And as this message became apparent in the film, as I realized what was going on in the film, I actually got a little, uh, it got a little dusty. Hmm. Got a little it dusty is beautiful. The theater. Yeah. So I, so we should. By which I mean I was crying. Uh, yeah, so not you. weeping copiously, but right, like right. I was a little teary-eyed. So what Father's talking about in the movie, um, we, we see... In the movie Arrival, not the movie Creed. In, right, in Arrival. We see that ADM's character um, is a mother uh, who uh, loses her daughter, her child, daughter, um, I think in teens, I don't know, middle school. like teenage year, pre-teen, teen. Um, to some sort of sickness, like, I don't know if it's said to be cancer, but... Some sort of disease. Yeah, disease. Yes. We come Tragic. to, and this is the aha moment uh, that I alluded to earlier. Well, because they they start and they show they begin the movie, uh, and it looks like flashback. you see this flashback, and it looks like when the movie st- when the narrative of the movie starts, you think that she's this uh, grieving mother who lost her child, as well as uh, lost her husband, and it's very interesting because like. The beginning of the movie, they very clearly show her wedding band right. as the baby, as she holds the baby for the first time. You see her wedding band yep. on her left hand. And then you see the thing about the baby dying. And then you see her and it looks, and it's very gray, even like visually that the, the, the baby was very bright and colorful. And now it's very gray. And this thing is going on. You think she's this grieving mother. Right. Who's lost her husband as well. Yeah. yeah. Not to death, but probably over the course of just the tragedy of the lost child. And you find out uh, later in the movie that what we thought were flashbacks because of her interaction with the alien aliens and coming to understand their language better, they somehow, um, they have an awareness of time, not just in the past, but in the future as yeah, well. A nonlinear conception of time. So they're able perception to see the future. And she, as she comes to understand their language, is also able to get glimpses of, of the future. So the language is transforming her, which we'll get back to in a moment, but the language is transforming her where she is actually seeing her own life outside of time. Right. And therefore, you realize at a certain point that what she's seeing as with the past is actually the future. Right. So she, she has not yet gotten married. She has not yet had the child. She has not yet lost the child. And, uh, and then we find out, and this is before they've kind of, this is the first real hint of, that, of what they've done, is she has a, what you still think is a flashback, or it's not clear that it's a flash forward yet, where she's talking to uh, a 
grade school age daughter. And the daughter's asking, where's daddy? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, daddy got mad at mommy. Well, what about? Because mommy made a choice uh, that daddy wasn't happy with. And, uh, and the choice is the fact that she would have the baby knowing that the baby would die. And that's why the dad left. This is that knew that she knew from the context of the aliens, what would happen in the future and that uh, she would have the baby and the baby would die, but it still chose to have the baby anyways. And, and hence thus the pro-life theme yeah. for the movie. That, uh, and then she even says like, this life is worth living, even knowing that about the life. Which is completely contrary to the increasingly dominant understanding of human life and dignity and worth in our culture today. Right. That human life is reduced to just simply the pleasure they can experience from a utilitarian perspective to maximize pleasure and to minimize pain. And so to bring a child into the world that you know has a limited lifespan is actually in that utilitarian predominant view in our Western world, it's becoming an evil action. Right. In that regard, as opposed to a noble and a good action. Right. Which is why her husband gets mad at her because right. she's, she, she made the wrong choice. Right. In that utilitarian worldview. Exactly. Um, so it really, yeah, uh, somewhat subtle, but a very real pro-life and even a, a real affirmation of the truth about the human person and our dignity and where our value comes from. And to Stephen Gray Donis's credit, the film reviewer, he says it's a life affirming message. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd be so bold as to call that a pro-life message. It's not necessarily like a pro-life politics message, but it's a pro-life message. Yep. yep. And one that you should use in, con- in talking with others about the goodness of human life. Absolutely. So we have about five minutes left. Anything else with the second point? Father, no, because I'd want to get onto this okay. last point because I think it's a really cool one as well. Yep, I agree. So this is the idea that, so as Amy Adams gets in contact with the alien language, she gains this ability. She starts to look at the world differently. The, the alien language changes her. And I think that's a great way to understand Catholic liturgy. The Catholic liturgy is a language and a ritual unto its own that changes you. Right. Um, Now, it's interesting. I think the way the story goes is that Amy Adams, as she loses contact with that language, actually loses some of that ability to actually see into the future. Oh. You think? I I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, But um, so this idea that your contact with the sacred liturgy is what changes you. And there's a big debate in some Catholic intellectual circles, but it affects you out there in radio land, out there in podcast land, is should the sacred liturgy, the sacred actions of the church, the prayers of the church, be accessible or transformative? Mm. And uh, there's this tension between this idea of accessibility and uh, transformative power of the liturgy. And if something's transformative— it's not going to be easily accessible. Right. But if it's easily accessible, it's not going to be transformative. Right. And so how do we balance those two things? And so, so the, 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 your point here is that in the movie, we see the power of language that maybe is difficult for us to come to understand. It was very, I mean, it's months right. for them to understand this language. Right. Right. And yet they eventually, she comes to understand and what happens through her struggle, through trying to understand this, the alien's language, she is transformed by it. Correct. And uh, it actually brings good things about through right. that transformation. And so, um, so in the same way, like when we look at the, the mass in that way, um, so I got the language that we use in the English translation of the mass, it's not everyday language. No. I don't, I, I don't greet Dr. Bergwell and say, the Lord be with you. Right. Uh, and he doesn't say. And with your spirit. Correct. 
Um, but it is different. And, sh- and I don't go around dressed in the vestments of mass all the time. Right. Um, there's different vestments that I wear, but it's for that sake, that sake of that transformative power. Right. Right. I was, I was struck. I was thinking about this topic and just finding little, uh, evidences of things of that light. Uh, actually in the, the rock band rush. Yeah. I'd love to do an edition episode on rush. I would, but, uh, <laughs> so we're not going to, Oh man, see listeners, your, uh, suggestions are much more listened to than mine. <laughs> Um, no, dear listeners, I'm sorry. If you suggest doing an episode on Rush, I'm not going to oh, do please, it. Please, 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 please suggest the episode on Rush. Um, but, uh, yes. So there's this line about, uh, uh, in this really long, it's like 20 some minutes long song called 2112 about, uh, this man who discovers music and the ability to create music again. And their kind of rebuttal is, you know, think about the average people. What use would they have of creativity? Mm. And I just think about some of these liturgy wars, some of these, it's like, well, we need things that are accessible to the average person in the pew. And it's like, well, yes, but it also needs to be transformative of the average person in the pew. Right. In that regard. Right. Um, and I also thought of a line from C.S. Lewis when he talks about, uh, it's from his preface to Paradise Lost. And Peter Kraft uses this line a lot when he talks about the transformative power of beauty. And uh, so C.S. Lewis talks condemning a current idea you must be rid of the hideous idea fruit of a widespread inferior widespread inferiority complex the hideous idea that pomp on the proper occasions has any connections with vanity or self-conceit but what he means by pomp there he means ceremony and and things like that but in the the latin mass the catholic mass any mass well, even the eastern masses are full of pomp and ritual in that regard the modern habit of doing ceremonial things unceremoniously is no proof of humility. Rather, it proves the offender's inability to forget himself, humility, in the right, and his readiness to spoil for everyone else the proper pleasure of ritual. I just like that quote. Why do you like it? Because it speaks to the fact that um, we're imposing our modern worldview on church actions, and we reduce church sacred actions like the liturgy to conform to what we conceive that uh, Christianity should be, what we conceive that Jesus should be instead of allowing Jesus to help us unfold our understanding of the world. Back two episodes, two weeks ago in episode 301, we talked about the importance of being conformed to Jesus Christ. Right. Mm, and yeah. this is exactly what we were talking about two episodes right, ago. Right. So part of being conformed to Jesus Christ is the liturgical reality that he is the king of heaven and earth and that we're doing a royal heavenly worship here on earth of the king of heaven and earth, and I need to be conformed to that reality. So even though it might be difficult for me to understand, a la Amy Adams Lang, or trying to understand, I have to seek to inform myself to the mass. And in being conformed to that, you gain from that and you grow from that, and that's what will bring the fruit that our Lord wants to bring through that mass. And that's our thoughts on Arrival. <laughs> and that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us at sfdiocese, use the hashtag Ignition, with any thoughts you have about today's episode or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.